section thirty three of violet osborne this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit LibriVox.org. violet osborne by lady emily ponsonby volume three chapter five sir your falsehood and your face are loathsome to me i trample on your offers and on you be gone the princess it was about this moment that the shower mentioned in a previous chapter suddenly fell ida and miss white were under shelter the other schoolmistress and a servant and maid from ashford park ran into their tent and violet as has been related flew into the one that was nearest to her lionel followed her she was breathless from the moment's quick pace and he said i am almost glad of this rain because it will force you to rest you have overtired yourself tired she cried with disdain there has been nothing yet to tire and yet i do believe you are tired she added remarking that his face was flushed oh no i'm not tired after all it would not be very odd if we both were tired she said thinking he did not like to own it shall we sit down we may as well and she sat down accordingly but he did not follow her example flowers she cried stretching out her fingers to a heap of cut flowers that lay on the table what is to be done with these they are to go on the tables in flower-pots it was ida's thought she sent them unfortunately the flower-pots are in one of the other tents never mind we will make them into bunches and that will save time what a pretty thought of ida's she added yes she thought his yes cold and her determination to force him to a proposal came to her mind thought in her brain was rapid too rapid sometimes for a proper degree of reflection to accompany it and the determination had no sooner recurred to her remembrance than she said playfully by the by mr vane you have never thanked me for the way in which i have carried out your wishes do you remember a conversation we had long long ago i am not sure that i do thank you he said in a low voice she looked up surprised do you think ida improved improved oh yes how could it be otherwise then what do you mean perhaps you think i take to myself undue honour i assure you i only spoke in jest i wondered if you did remember that talk we had i know ida is her own good self and would have been so without any hands of mine i did not mean that he said agitatedly you force me to speak do you know what i did mean i mean that by what you have done you have taken away my excuse in part at least for not loving ida which i do not which i cannot do you do not love ida and violet turned pale with dismay not that she had any suspicion of further ill but dismayed for ida's sake no ida may be good but you are better i love the best he spoke with a strange abruptness as if hardly daring to say the words he did say as if they were spoken against his will without his will mr vane are you mad violet said a look of terror on her face mad no or only mad with struggling with my rebellious heart i love you 
oh miss osborne do not look at me with anger you should pity my misery pity you how dare you speak to me as you have done as her terror her first dismay passed off anger and mortification and contempt and divers other moods and passions swept through her mind and agitated her breast do not speak of dare to me it has burst from me against my will but i care not i have struggled long if you could but know how i have struggled not to love but it was vain i love you violet started up but lester who might have seen the movement was now on his way homewards the rain had abated but large drops were still falling and while others thought shelter needful she was afraid of seeming bold after looking out she turned back into the tent lionel was leaning on the table the picture of despair mr vane she said coldly this is not a day and this is not a place to make a scene i will try and bear your presence for this day without showing the contempt i feel after to-day your contempt he said writhing as if she had stung him oh not contempt contempt and scorn she said with vehemence that to me to me who have associated with you as your friend unsuspicious trusting to me to whose care you entrusted your future wife that to me you should dare to address such words her voice faltered and tears fell from her eyes oh what must you think of me he seemed beside himself forget it forget it he cried passionately i will try i will do all you wish forget what forget that you have confessed your utter unworthiness of ida forget your falsehood to her and to me such things are not forgotten you are right he said passing his hand over his heated brow here they come mr vane she said with dignity and command whatever must be known privately do not let us be a show to the world recover yourself and for this day at least show yourself to be a man help me take up those flowers here ida she cried as she entered the tent we have been saving time that is i have and have put these flowers in order have you the vases to put them in i sent some up ida said and she turned to lionel they are in the tent i will run and fetch them he murmured and he hurried away you look so tired dear violet ida said affectionately mr osborne said you had been doing too much it is not that violet said after a moment's thought i have been rather annoyed about something never mind now we have too much to do here come the flower-pots amy white brought them ida looked out to see what had become of lionel she had noticed also that he looked flushed but she was unsuspicious and too unselfish to worry with questions and she helped violet in silence when the vases were filled they carried them to the various tables lionel joined ida as she put down two on the table spread for the old alms women i chose these bright roses for them she said smiling the commoner ones will do for the children how wet the grass is he remarked 
looking down ma bone made me put on thick boots she said it would rain i wonder if violet has and ida looked round lionel did not stir ida set down the flower-pots and flew to ask her she has she said coming back you ought to have saved me that run lionel she thought he looked dull and spoke smilingly to rouse him i beg your pardon he replied laughing constrainedly then as if his laugh grated on his ears asked quickly if the cake was all cut oh yes come and see ida said and he followed her like a man in a dream the festivities then began and for some time all who had hands to help were busy in attending to the wants of those who sat down to eat but when men and women young and old girls and boys had ate as much and perhaps more than they could mr osborne approached violet you look tired darling surely they can do without you now and we may go home and rest ourselves he did not expect an acquiescence and was surprised at receiving it yes papa violet replied wearily i will come wait for me here and i will run and tell ida that we are going home ida was comforting a poor little child who was crying from the probably new discomfort of an indigestion when violet called she left him if you can do without me ida i shall go papa is tired of staying and i think i had rather go i don't know if we can do without you violet ida looked round for lionel who had been near but had withdrawn at violet's approach but we will for you look tired as i told you before it is not tire exactly but good-bye now i hope you will get on well and that the poor children will have a merry evening she spoke so dejectedly that ida again looked at her with curiosity but meeting no further answer to her inquiring glance went back to the crying child and violet looked about her till she spied lionel she then went towards him i am going home mr vane she said as she met him i suppose it will be some time before i see you again and i do not like to part with any one in anger good-bye she held out her hand though her words were kind the tone was cuttingly cold he looked at her imploringly and piteously as if to beg one gentler glance and angry as she was his look of misery touched her she could not help it you have a hard duty before you she said more gently you must tell ida i feel for you thank you for feeling for me but that is nothing he replied i am sorry to hear you say so and her tone resumed its coldness then good-bye not so unkindly he cried with the same look of despair how can i help it was it nothing to have taught ida to look to you not for happiness only but for guidance is it nothing to have to destroy such trust as hers his lip quivered it would be torture if i could feel anything but your contempt but i cannot good-bye i cannot stay to speak more tell ida to let me know when she will see me i must see her soon and she left him and followed her father from the spot as they walked home in silence mr osborne observed that tears were fast falling down his daughter's face 
and as soon as they entered the cottage she flew upstairs to her own room there's something wrong he observed to his wife there's been something wrong nearly all the day she was gay enough when we started but i think there has been some contretemps or other and i think it has to do with mr vane for he looks as if he was ready to hang himself you must go up in a short time and see what the matter is mrs osborne went up and found violet lying on her bed in one of her excitements of grief the insult to herself was deeply felt but it was the injury to ida it was the thought of the misery the general disappointment which she she who had so worked for the accomplishment of this hope had been the means of producing which nearly broke her heart which made her weep as if she could not be comforted my child my dear dear child my darling cried mrs osborne terrified at the state in which she found her daughter violet endeavoured to compose herself sit down mamma she said signing to a chair by her bed i will tell you all in a minute and very shortly she did recover herself sufficiently to pour into her mother's ears the tale in all its bearings and oh mamma i am afraid i have been wrong to you and papa i seem to do nothing but what is wrong and only to cause misery and she sobbed passionately now darling said her mother soothingly don't agitate yourself and blame yourself needlessly we all make mistakes and it would be very strange if you never did i think you made a mistake here but it was nothing wrong dear i know you meant to do the best it was wrong was it i think you were over young to be made the confident in this affair you know dear you are a young lady and it does not do for a young lady to be independent but oh mamma i do so hate to be considered a young lady i like to be a sensible woman but is it not childish darling to hate to be thought what you really are if you had known what would you have done perhaps nothing dear it is easy to say afterwards what we might have done i think however that i should have warned you about mr vane i have often thought that he seemed inclined to like you oh mamma why did you not speak i think i should have listened to you i saw no reason dearest you never did anything indiscreet and as you all seemed happy together i thought it a pity to disturb you with fancies that might be idle ones i knew no reason darling you know why he should not like you and marry you too if you and he please impossible and violet's cheeks glowed with suppressed indignant jealous love but the change of thought did her good it made her feel that the world was not at an end as it had seemed for the last few hours she remembered all she had gone through and felt that if she had borne the pangs of disappointed love with the weight of remorse for her own conduct besides ida guiltless might bear them also they were not cheerful thoughts that arose they were on the contrary despondent thoughts regarding herself and ida and the world and all the world contained 
but they were calming though sad and the excitement of her misery passed by end of volume three chapter five